Welcome to the Afterwards Podcast, where we go in-depth each week with the teaching pastors about their message from the previous weekend. Uh, my name is Jason, and I'm really excited to be joined today by a couple of special guests. Uh, we have Tony from our Westside campus, and then uh, if you weren't at, or if you were at one of the other campuses, you had a special treat. We were joined by uh, Alfonso Mack and Ronnie Goble, and I'm going to just let them all kind of introduce themselves and just kind of tell us who they are, and we'll kind of unpack that. And Tony, you're, no offense, not as special of a guest, but you are on this podcast <laughs> a special guest, but go ahead and introduce yourself, and then I'll have the others do the same. Yeah. Yep. Happy to. So yeah, my name is Tony Pyle. I'm one of the pastors at Riverview. I serve in ministry as the Westside Venue Director, and I've been doing that since we opened the Westside Venue in September of 2015. Great. And Alfonso, you were at our, I yes, think, our Rio uh, Town venue. Yes, I was. Um, yeah, I'm Alfonso Mack. I am a pastoral resident with brand new church plant, Royal Oak, Michigan, called Rooted Church. Um, so I get to serve alongside my buddy who's going to introduce himself here in a little bit. I just actually just recently moved to Michigan about a month ago. Um, so I'm, I'm new to the state and I am. Let me just get this out there. I said it in my in my teaching for those at Rio Town, but I'm in no way a Lions fan. I just happen <laughs> to live in Michigan. Um, and I've gotten that a whole lot. So are you going to jump on the Lion bandwagon? I'm like, I just moved here. So <laughs> it's a good well, time to jump on it, though. Yeah, that's true. And where did you move here oh, from? So I moved, I moved uh, to Michigan from Bowling Green, Ohio, okay. but I'm originally from Indiana, South Bend, Indiana. Oh, South Bend. Okay. Yeah. So I lived in uh, Mishawaka, Indiana for a little while. So I'm familiar with oh, that dude. as well. Yep. So, yep. yeah. Oh, yeah. Mishawaka is literally right there. I was in, hung out in Mishawaka quite a bit growing up. All right. So, and Ronnie, introduce yourself for us. Yeah. So Ronnie Goble, uh, pastor and uh, church planner with Rooted Church. Like Alfonso was saying, we're, we're teaming up together and Planting in Royal Oak, so just north of Detroit. For all you Lansing, Lansing people, I'm sure a bunch of you guys kind of know where that is. But yeah, we're, we want to plan the gospel, and make disciples in Royal Oak, and all the surrounding communities around there. So we've we uh, did a church planning residency at Resurrection Church, which is also part of Acts 29, just like Riv, and that was in Lincoln Park, and that's what I've been doing the last couple of years, and served in ministry for shoot seven, eight, nine years before that. So. Yeah, excited to be here. So, Ronnie, are you from? Is that where you're from? Is Royal Oak sort of like where you grew up and where you call home, or did you move there specifically to plant the church? Yeah, so my my wife and I are from the Plymouth Canton area, so Metro Detroit, Metro Detroit. We we went to college at Bowling Green in Ohio. That's actually so Alfonso and I were were teammates on the football team there. That's how we met. It's really where we both came to Christ, and yeah, just I mean, long long story there. But that's where my wife's name is Caitlin. We both went to BG and. Served there in ministry for a while, helped plant the church in Madison, Wisconsin, was there for several years. And then we did, we just moved back to the Detroit area about two and a half years ago now uh, to, to move into church planting. I, I, I asked because I was born in Ferndale. Yeah. Actually, I think I might've actually, might actually been born in Royal Oak because I don't think there are any hospitals in Ferndale, but yeah. I, I grew yeah. up in Ferndale for the first couple of years of my life. And we, before we moved, i if anyone asks where I'm from, I pretty much will just say Lansing because I've lived here uh, majority okay. of my life. But I do. It is nice to to connect with people who are now doing ministry where I where I technically was born. It's yeah, we just we just had a newborn two weeks ago, probably where you were born, Jason. Just Beaumont Beaumont Royal Oak. Yep. 
Exactly. That's exactly where it was. So that's fun. So if, now if my mom is listening to this, she's going to probably correct me <laughs> on a couple of details, but that's okay. So, so you, you, the two of you came to us uh, this weekend to preach, but as you both have said, you guys are planting a church in Royal Oak. I think if I get, if I got the name right, Rooted Church, tell us just a little bit about the church before we kind of dive into the messages. And I'd love to just kind of hear, you know, why you picked the area and just kind of what you guys are doing there. Yeah, no, I'd love to. Um, man, so a couple of years ago when my family and I moved back to the Detroit area, teaming up with Resurrection Church, and we were looking to plant somewhere in Metro Detroit, but really wanted to take our time to pray and see, honestly, like where where was the best blend of the kind of the need of the moment and then also just our story and gifts and passion. And uh, just north of Detroit, where you've got, you've got Royal Oak, but there's also Berkeley. And like you said, Jason Ferndale and Oak Park and uh, portions of Southfield and Birmingham. There's all, there's all kinds of just smaller uh, cities that are kind of the first ring suburbs out from the city of Detroit right there. So very, very densely populated area, a couple hundred thousand people, um, very diverse area, especially when you think uh, ethnically and, and economically and a lot, a lot of different uh, people's large, large uh, white community, large African-American community, and large Jewish community. And, and honestly, like all kind of just on top of each other in really close proximity. Um, and another thing about it is, you know, so became a Christian in college, huge part of my story and Alfonso's is just, there were churches that cared about reaching uh, university students and reaching the next generation and planting churches. And in the Metro Detroit scene, there isn't, it's not a college town like East Lansing, but there's a ton of, uh, university students, young professionals, and a lot of them hang out in kind of the Royal Oak Ferndale type of area. So it felt to us of like one of the places that if you wanted to have a church that was going to kind of really dig in and try to entrust the gospel to the next generation, that this was one of the places that you needed to be. And through talking to pastors and just honestly, like driving around and praying a lot, really discerned that this was one of the places in the Detroit area that the, the gospel witness just isn't strong enough right now. You know, it's like there's there's Christians there and there's some churches there, but it's it's just kind of um, decreased over over the years. And there needs to be there needs to be just kind of a new wave of people trying to make disciples and and preach the gospel there. So, man, that's a lot. I would love there's so much I would love to tell you about it. But that's kind of the long story short of some some of the things about the area. We're we're really we just want to be a biblically faithful church that want that really wants to reach people that don't know Jesus and and make disciples. and um even the name rooted one, one of the passages of scripture that's really inspired us is Psalm one that talks about how you can live like in the world, right. Among sinners and scoffers and, and mockers and, and be like present amongst people that, that don't know God, but you can be thriving like this, this tree that it talks about in Psalm one, you can be planted by streams of water, uh, delighting in the law of the Lord and, and really having like an influence among, among people. And so that, that's the kind of the image that's come to us of like, man, what, what would it look like to, to plant a, a church that would be strong for the gospel in a, in a place where there just, there just needs to be a stronger witness. People, there's just so many people that hardly even know any Christians anymore, let alone, let alone churches in that area. So we're, we're excited to be there. Well, that's great. And before we finish, I'll make sure to kind of circle back so that if people are listening to this and they want to get connected with you guys, that we make sure we talk about that briefly. But I, I do want to dive in because I felt like as I was reading this passage of scripture and then listening to the messages. So uh, if you were obviously 
anyone who attended our services was only a one of them because they all happen at the same time, but you should definitely go and listen in the, to the, I'll make sure there's links to the other episode or other messages in our messages podcast feed, or you can watch uh, Ronnie's message on our YouTube channel because our, our Holt uh, service is our online service. So, but I definitely encourage you regardless of which venue you are at to, to listen to the other ones, because I feel like the, these three gentlemen did a really good job of sort of coming at this passage of scripture and highlighting some different pieces. And it almost feels, Tony, I think you kind of mentioned this in your message that these are, it was sort of like an in-between passage and that we can learn a lot about like Paul's ministry from these sort of passages that we might skip over otherwise, because for example, he starts by talking about going to Troas and his friend Titus wasn't there. And so then he went to Macedonia and, and this passage, when you combine that little piece of it with the rest of it, I actually feel like there's a lot in there, right? There, there, there is a lot of, I mean, he's, and so I kind of want to unpack uh, uh, some of the pieces that you all talked about, but the, the overarching theme that I really want to start with that all three of you touched on is Paul is making a very strong reference to like smell. <laughs> and it yeah. seems like this very strange, like you, you, Tony, you gave some good examples of how s- smell is like a very, it's, it's one of the, strongest elicitors of memories, right? We, we associate smells with memories and that part of it is true, but I don't know that any of us would sit down and think like, Oh yeah, the most beautiful way I could explain how God uses us in the world is by our smell. (laughs) And so I I like, I would like Tony first, I'll start with you kind of like unpack that metaphor for us just a little bit. And like, why do you think that that was what I have an idea that I'll get to in a minute, but why do you think Paul chose that? Yeah. I mean, Paul is just brilliant. I mean, he's inspired by the spirit, right? Writing this stuff. But like, I think, well, a lot of it for me and some of the study I did, it goes back really to the old Testament and the sacrificial system and the pleasing aroma to the Lord. You know, I mean, we see that over and over again in old Testament books I think I referenced that in my sermon and how like when people would live by the law and in the moments where they weren't breaking it and they would like come back and, you know, like atone for their sins. Like when they would do that, when they would live in obedience to God, it was like this pleasing aroma. And I think Paul's using that illustration to show how the life of a Christian has that pleasing aroma to God, but it has this impact on the world. And like you said, like I, it's crazy. I have memories that I don't like, my grandparents' house is one of those smell memories for me. Mm-hmm. I like I was um I don't even remember visually like the house, but it's just the smell of like this is what my grandparents' house smelled like when I was like a, a really little kid. And it's just it's fascinating how that works with kind of how God's made us and stuff. But but I think Paul's illustration, it's it's really helpful for us to kind of latch on to because we can immediately visualize and like it's a it's a it brings to mind something very vivid. Uh, very quickly. And so it's really helpful for us. Yeah. And I, it's funny because I, so this, the first mission trip I ever went on was after Hurricane Andrew to Miami. And the person who was leading that trip wore a very specific type of like cologne. And so the whole way down, I was like smelling this cologne. And while we're there, I mean, it's like, you know, it's August, it's a hundred degrees. It, but this in that, but I, everywhere we went, I could smell this smell. And to this day, if someone is wearing that, I feel like I start to sweat because of the humidity that I can re- <laughs> remember from that experience. It's true that smell and you did, you talked about that, uh, sort of the sacrificial system. And one of the things that kind of like stood out to me 
is this idea, and actually, I think it might have been, uh, Ronnie, in your message, where there's almost this idea that we our sin is a stench to God, and that it is the we are, but we are sort of like covered by the smell, like because the the passage is like we are the aroma of Christ, but we actually personally are not. We don't smell like Jesus, right? We smell. If we're going to extend the metaphor, we're, our lives are pretty stinky sometimes, right? And yet, to God, we to God we are the aroma of Christ. So it's almost as though like he 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 doesn't smell that stink. He's what he's this you know the reser- you know the Jesus with the price that Jesus paid for us. It covers us. I don't like I don't know like it's such a powerful metaphor, and yet it's interesting that Paul chose something that can be so visceral to describe something that really is beautiful in this case. With what you were saying, Tony, about the really how you said smell is so powerful. That's one of the things I noticed in the passage because he says that we like God spreads the knowledge of himself through us through the through this aroma. And so I was trying to think about it. I was like, man, so what does it mean for us to like walk around smelling like Jesus? And then people actually, they actually know something of God. Like they, they know something about what he's like and what, it, what his character's like. And it made me think of like, okay, so I mean, our sense of smell, it, it does that just in human relationships. You can, you can, you can know something about somebody, you know, by, by the way that they smell on a given moment or a given day, you can kind of know what they, what they were up to. But it's the thing that's tricky is smell is a, it's nonverbal communication, not verbal communication. So there's obviously a lot more you can learn about somebody if they speak to you and they tell you what's going on. But it, it was interesting to see how Paul in the passage is like, yeah, but there, there's a way that God, he almost communicates non-verbally through our lives. So the, the lives of Christians, um, we, ref, you know, we reflect his character. We, we live uh, like Jesus. When we live in a way that's pleasing to God, other people are able to see that. And maybe, and it's almost like, just like with smell, they sense that there's something different about us. And they, they have this sense of what God is like that then obviously... Later in the passage, he says, and then, of course, we speak about Jesus, too, sincerely, and we, we tell them we tell them what he's like. So that, it was fascinating. Yeah. Well, and, you know, so that's interesting because, and I'm going to, Alfonso, I have a question for you. Uh, the the thing about smell that really kind of was compelling to me is the that you can tell instantly whether something is good or bad just by how it smells oftentimes, right? Like, if you pull something out of the fridge, you can tell whether you should eat it or not just based on if it, cause it, cause it's like this indicator to us that, oh, this thing went, it spoiled or it went bad or it did what, you know, and, and, uh, Alfonso, in your message, you, you asked a question, which was, does the way that we live in the face of difficulty and weakness reflect the sweet aroma of the gospel? And it's almost as though the aroma is the result. It's like, it's like, is the way that you're living your life putting off the kind of aroma of the gospel? Is that kind of like where you're going with that? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I think the biggest thing that when I was even processing through the way that we live is just kind of even piggybacking off of Ronnie is that the way that we live is a, is a reflection um, of of God in some kind of way. And that's when I'm even looking at the passage and he's even making that as like for to God, we are the fragrance of Christ. And he's like among among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing to somewhere Roman of death leading to death, but others are realm of life leading to life. And as I was thinking about that, I'm like, man, does the way that we actually live give off the the sweet smell of the aroma of the gospel? Like, does, does the life of Jesus 
show itself in the way that we interact with other people. Um, and that is kind of just where, where I was going, because when I when I think about even just smell in general and like how powerful it is, I love like what you were just saying, Jason, is like, yeah, even when you pull something out of the fridge, it, I'm just thinking about the times when I've left chicken in there too long before <laughs> cooking it. And I, and I pull it out, I'm like, dude, this, this smells absolutely terrible. You know what I mean? And, and guess what? That, that's not that's giving me a bad representation of what chicken is like. It's not giving me the good representation of chicken. And so when I think about the gospel is like it, and, and that even even with that analogy, like the chicken spoiled. You know what I mean? And so I think about our lives is like, do, are we living and loving each other? Are we walking with Jesus in the face of difficulty? Are we remaining, remaining firm in the gospel, even if we're facing opposition for our faith? That is a reflection of the power of the gospel in a sweet, in a sweet way, because because we have something that that is good, you know. And so that was kind of what what I was getting at when, when I mentioned that. Yeah, and I really like that, and it kind of actually dovetails with something Tony that you said. And I, I would love to get all three of your opinion on this. I'll start with Tony. T- Tony, you talked about how like the same thing can have a very different reaction, right? You could, you, I think you talked about your dad, and there there was, there was a food that you he really liked that the smell even to this day it's like nope i'm i'm out i'm out <laughs> and like and that you can't necessarily he can't there's nothing he could do to persuade you otherwise and the like the leap and not the leap but the like the connection you were making is that for those who are perishing right it, it it's the smell of death which leads to death and i think that as a christian that can be a hard thing to sort of wrap our minds around because i think if I'm correct, and please correct me if I'm wrong, what you're essentially saying is like that there are those in the world to whom your your faith and the way that you live their life will be like mm. repelling, and in that that's part of not necessarily, I don't know if it's part of the design, but that is the logical outcome of what happens, and I think that that can be a challenge for us because we don't want to think about the idea that we can't do what you said your dad can't do. We can't persuade someone, right? Like, no, 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 this smells really good. You should come closer. Yeah. So I think what Paul's getting at in this passage is there is like, I mean, we've kind of talked about good and bad smells, you know, and like to God, like when we live and reflect Jesus, that is a good fragrant aroma to him. But there's a subjective, like kind of nature of that. And like, we can reflect Jesus really clearly. And to someone that is, we're trying to reach for, for him, he, they are just, they're uninterested or they're actually offended. Like they, and it's kind of the moral state of like their heart and like their desire to like follow God. And, and I think like what I was getting at with that passage with, or with that story with my dad was like, there's just something about how I'm wired that that smell, <laughs> like right. it doesn't, it's not appealing, you know, to me. But, but the thing about it is we don't know. That's the thing. Like we can't be like, oh, you're, that person's not going to accept Jesus. Like we have no idea. Like mm-hmm. God has put us in the midst of people to reach for the gospel. And in his grace, some will follow him and God and like, and, but you know, in, in his wisdom and ways of working in the world, some won't. And, and, you know, that's like, for me, I talked about this in the sermon too. Like it's a freeing passage knowing that, you know, we can't make those decisions for people, but there is this tension I feel of wanting to. I mean, Paul even talks about that in the scripture of like, he's like, I would like, just so some of my brothers would accept Jesus, like I would die for that. You know, he like talks about this deep desire he has for other people to know the Lord, but like we, God hasn't given us that power. 
Um, but he does choose to include us in that work, which is an awesome responsibility. It's not like we don't, we don't leave this passage thinking it doesn't really matter how I live or if I actually honor Christ with my life at all. It's like, no, we leave, we leave this passage wanting to more because we are often the means that God uses to share the gospel with people that he puts us around and in his grace, he saves some. It's amazing. Yeah. And, and Ronnie and Alfonso, you both touched on really the same thing, Alfonso. I think that in, it was in your message where you talked about how our faith is going to be repulsive to some people. And we have to remember that the gospel is both attractive and offensive, right? Just, and you use like the, the kind of the allusion to like strong perfume. Some people may like that. Some people may not I, talk more about that because I, I, I still, I think that's like a, uh, sort of a mindset shift for a lot of people, right? We just assume that the things that we like or that we know are good, everyone's going to think that, but that's just not true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a, a really good thing to bring up, especially when you, when you go think about the life of Jesus and the way that he lived, you would, we would go and say like, oh, there is, there is something sweet and beautiful and redemptive about him being God and loving on the lowly. And he's casting out demons. He's healing the sick. You know, he's 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 patient with, uh, you know, the, the the prostitute. You know, he's he's talking to the woman at the well. And then you go see he's doing all these things and in his interactions. But then at the same time, the Pharisees hate right, him. Right, right, right. They're 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 plot they're plotting to literally kill him. And it's like and it's like you don't have any grounds to actually feel this way besides the fact that. You know, you like you got some deep rooted issues, <laughs> you know, and and so when you think about sin and its effect to blind people um, and, and even one of the things I think I might have mentioned is that like sometimes like living a certain way will will seem like death to people. I think that that's totally true. It's like uh, I just remember times being in college uh, when I would I remember this one time I went and visited a home in college as a Christian and I was hanging out with a couple of my buddies that weren't Christians and I ended up going to a party with them. Now, mind you, I, at this point I'm saved. So I'm really pursuing Jesus and I don't, I don't, I don't drink or anything like that. So I showed up to his party and I remember interacting with a guy that I played basketball with in middle school. And he, I remember him literally telling me when I was just talking to him, he told me that I was lame. Hmm. <laughs> that was one of the words that came out of my mouth. I was like, dude, you're just so lame. Like just the way that you you live your life, it's just I just don't understand it. And it was a little because I, I was different than him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It was like, oh, you're not partaking and looking the same way that I do. You're not sounding like me. To some people, that come that comes off as as if you are something that you actually aren't. Which to that person, they might think that you're arrogant, and some would think that that way is is lame. And so I'm thinking about like when you live like Jesus, there are going to be some people that are attracted to that, but then there are going to be a lot of people. That, that, that hate it. There are going to be a lot of people that feel disgusted with it. There's going to be a lot of people that might look at you and they might think that you're arrogant. You know what I mean? Or, or they might think that there's just something else wrong with you. It's like when, when the people it's like, Oh, Jesus got a demon. It's like, what? He's casting out demons. Like, what are you talking about? And so I just think that there's something powerful that happens because it's like we're lit. It's like when we take on the aroma of Christ, we can only expect that we might receive the same uh, thing that Christ received, which was hate and persecution for his faith, which he, he reminded us about at the end of the Beatitudes in Matthew 5. So, yeah, that's no. kind of what I was getting at. Yeah, and I think that that's great. And enough, and Ronnie, I'm sorry, I it, you uh, you talked about it early on, like, this is a passage that should challenge us because it, 
there's this contrast between the way the world sees things and the way that God sees them and the way that we should see them, which is like, you can look like you have everything together, but on the inside, you're actually losing, right? And Or you could also look like you're losing in life, but you're actually winning. And it's sort of like, that's, I think that's kind of what Alfonso was describing. It's like, no, I, you know, I'm, I'm rooted in Christ, but to, to the people around the world, it just looks like foolishness. And yeah, it's, at the same time, like what we're being called to in this passage, I, I believe is like, no, you should focus on what winning really means. That was like the title of your message. And I, and so I'd, I'd like also love to hear you kind of unpack that same thing that Tony and Alfonso were talking about. Yeah. You know, so I'm, as they're talking, I'm looking at Romans eight and he says in Romans eight, you know, now the mindset of the flesh is death, but the mindset of the spirit is life and peace. The mindset of the flesh is hostile to God because it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it is unable to do so. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. And I think it's interesting that in this this passage, Paul talks about, like he says, we don't market the gospel. Because marketing, right, is, it's basically saying like, okay, what do... What is the, the what do the people want kind of right right now and how do we shape our product and our message around it to really fit not even not even necessarily what people actually need but what people will pay for you know like whatever whatever popular whatever's popular right now whatever people want and, and think they need and this is this is a passage that as, as someone who's trying to plant a church right now you know, it, it can be very tempting to be like, okay, how do I, how can I just figure out how to get people to like want to buy what I'm selling? <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Like I just, we just, somebody, we just want somebody to, to join us, you know? And, and with the marketing approach, you're basically looking out at people and saying like, okay, how do I gather together people and gain a following and get people to, to buy this? And I think with this passage and pairing it with Romans eight, you see, well, actually, in our sin, n- none of us want God. You know, right. like there, there actually, there isn't, a, there actually is like not a market for God in the, in that sense. Like that, pe- that we don't, we need him, but we actually don't want him. The Romans 8 says uh, the flesh is hostile to God. It's unable to submit to God's law. And that's where one of the things, I don't think I got into this hardly at all in the message, but just applying this to myself as a, as someone who's trying to plant a church right now, it, it helped me just think with my own just mentality as a church planner to really be aiming, aiming to please God above everyone else and really wrestling to do that because people's opinions are going to change. And, and like Paul says, sometimes what I'm saying and doing is going to smell like life to some and it's going to be amazing. And some, for some people, it's going to, it's going to smell like death. And I think at the level of strategy of just like, okay, so what do you do as you're planting a church? I mean, honestly, Alfonso and I, what we do right now is we'd like pray a lot and just try to talk to everybody we see about Jesus, <laughs> mm. you know, because, because we just don't know who is, who's the person that this is going to smell like life to, and who's it going to smell like death to. And, right. And it's not that every conversation we get in, we get to, to share like the full gospel, but we're just like trying, it's almost like, uh, we're just trying to plant a ton of seeds right now. And we're trying to disciple our, our core team to do that too, because this isn't about us perfecting our product and and knowing the market well enough to tailor it just to their needs. It's actually like, no, we got to know people and relate to people, but, but ultimately it's God that's going to have to, to cause them to, for this to smell sweet to them. Tony, I think it was a, was it a Spurgeon quote that you used where you talked about what we're accountable for versus what we're responsible for? You know, we're, we're accountable for how we live our life, but we're not responsible for other people and how they, like how they respond to that. Is that, that was Spurgeon, right, Tony? 
Yeah, I actually have it right here. Oh yeah, he wrote, what was he that? This. <laughs> yeah, it's Spurgeon. He says, we are accountable for our life and actions, but we are not responsible for other people and their decisions. As long as we do what we're supposed to do, we are a precious fragrance of Christ, no matter how people respond to our message. Hmm. Yeah, and I, I think, and that, I, I, go ahead, go ahead, Tony. No, I mean, it's just like, I think just what Ronnie just said, I mean, what he and Alfonso were doing, like that, it seems consistent with Paul's number one ministry strategy throughout the scripture <laughs> was yeah. like, Hey, I'm just going to go somewhere and I'm going to be with people. You look at what Paul did. He went to where people were like every, in every city he went to. And then he just talked about Jesus a lot. And then he left the results to God. Like some people were like, we want to hear more. Some people left and like went with him. And then other people were like, this guy's a fool. Right. But that didn't ever stop him. Like he just went to the next place. And that's like, it's, it's really cool, Ronnie, hearing like what you and our father were doing. Cause like, that's it. <laughs> that's what we do as Christians and like what better way to plant your church than to do the very things you just said. And it, it does seem like that, like that quote from Spurgeon, which obviously is not a Bible passage, but it's, it's still a pretty practical lesson, which is it's, it's not an excuse to not care, right? It's, he's not saying, well, we're just going to do our thing and whatever happens is whatever happens. No, there's still, we are still accountable. The first, the first three words, we are accountable, right? For our life and our actions. And the result of that will be that people will respond very differently sometimes. But our challenge is to walk through this world knowing, right? That this is who we are, that we are the aroma of Christ. And that I, I love Tony that you said in the message, like God chose to spread his message. He could have chosen a lot of ways, but he chose to do it through his people, <laughs> right? Like, so as you walk through life, understand that th- like that is the strategy and you are a part of that. So I, I uh, as we kind of wrap up, I do, I want to actually ask, um, Ronnie, you actually kind of touched on this a little bit, but like, because you said you didn't get into this in your message. But one of the things I always enjoy asking is like, what is something that just you didn't have time to sort of pack into your message that now that you have an, in another couple of minutes that you would love to just kind of like share from this from this passage? And, and Ronnie, I'll, I'll start with you because you already kind of like began answering this question. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, there's all kinds of ways and I think we've, we've touched on some of them that this is encouraging for me and the, the specific work that we're doing. But I think in a way that applies to everyone, something that's in this passage is he, Paul seems to be saying that like he's in, he's, Jesus is one. He's a part of the victory procession with Jesus, but like his, his confidence that he's being like you were saying, Tony, like he's what he's actually accountable for is, is that he's closely following Jesus in that victory procession. So even like at the beginning, he says he always leads us in Christ's triumphal procession, meaning like he's sticking close to Jesus. He's not veering out of the parade. So he's, he's actually like, he's following in the footsteps of, of Christ and the way that he's living and then at the very end, when he says, we speak with sincerity, he says, in Christ, as from God, and before God. Because, um, you know, I, I, I think that there's a way as a Christian that we can get out of step with the Spirit. And we can, we can actually, like, we can start to, to live like the world or do ministry like the world. But Paul's, Paul's, like, the fact that Paul was so okay with suffering and discouragement and being being thought of as kind of a loser by the Corinthians was because he was actually so intimate and close with God, you know, that he just, he just had this sense of like, okay, I, I know him and I know his word and I'm, I'm totally 
sinful. You know, he talks about his sin in a lot of places, but like he seems to feel confident that he was following pretty closely to, to the Lord. And that's, that's what it, it's such a, he, in second Corinthians, he is so strong and so weak at the same time. Paul is. Mm-hmm. And I think his strength comes from the level of intimacy that he had, that he had with God. And so I didn't get into it that much in the message, but I think there's a real call for all Christians in this passage of like, if you want to be really walking in the the victory parade with Jesus, it it really comes down to um, how how closely are you walking with him? Like how how intimate are you with him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. And, and Alfonso, the same question to you. Is there something that you, as you reflected on this passage, that you're like, ah, I just can't quite get it into this message, but here's something I really want to just say. Yeah, I think um, as, a, as I was just processing through this question, I was actually go back to something that Ronnie and I were, were talking about. Uh, I think this might have been on our drive back home from preaching. Mm. Um and I'm like, man, this probably could have been a good thing to talk about, or it might have even been yesterday. I don't really know. But uh, as I was thinking about verses 15 and 16 of us that being being the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved, among those who are perishing, to some we're in the realm of death leading to death, but to others in the realm of life leading to life. I think one of the things, if I can go back and maybe think about wanting to, to process and, and hash out, is how sometimes even the way that we live, could be an aroma to death to people who might even call themselves Christians. I, mm. I, I'm just, and I'm thinking about that from the lens of like just how divided the church has been, uh, especially with probably within the last decade, last few years and stuff. And I'm like, man, there's something there for us to really just flush out of like how sometimes there might be something that, that we are, we may perceive in our relationship with Jesus that's like, oh, I feel like I'm really honoring, honoring Jesus here. But then you realize, like, oh, that's really disappointing to someone else that claims to be a Christian or someone who claims to be a Christian might look at that as repulsive and really just trying to flesh out well, how do what do we what do we do with that? Um, that's something that, that I was really just just thinking about a, a little bit. And I'm like, oh, man, I would love to have have gone into that uh, a tiny bit in, the, in, in this passage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that do- that feels like it kind of dovetails with that Spurgeon quote. Right. Because there are people that we will come across and it's like, well, how do I react to them and the challenges? I just have to keep focusing on, you know, doing the thing that I know is what God wants me to do, despite the fact that other people who also say they're Christians or they are Christians, but they disagree or they find that repulsive, that doesn't necessarily, it shouldn't necessarily dictate our dictate our actions. I think that's really good. Tony, how about you? Yeah. You know, I think for me, I think toward the end of my message, I, I would have liked to flesh out the application a little bit more and even speak to the specific people like that are there that are maybe just discouraged, you know, maybe like the person that I'm just, I'm trying like I am just trying to live out my faith. And for some reason, it's just people around me aren't, aren't interested or they're actually like, they actually don't really prefer to be around me anymore because I'm a, you know, like, and, and actually flesh out some of the, the real life examples of when faithfulness doesn't always yield the results that you want. And, and I think like this passage, it, it, it kind of lends itself to that, you know, but I, I think I would have liked to speak like, just encouragement to the person who is really trying and almost like encouragement to the pe- to the person that is maybe just afraid to, because they don't want to be that aroma of death, you know, mm-hmm. like, so I just kind of like, 
just looking at the the faithfulness of God in this work and how like and like how like human responsibility like fits into that. Like I think I would have liked to flesh that out a little bit more in my application of like being with people and being close enough to where like your aroma, the aroma of Christ is actually like able to be felt and smelled by people, you know? So yeah. I think I would have, I would have wanted to do that a little bit more than I was able to. That's really helpful. So uh, my, my last question, I want to circle all the way back to the beginning. Like I said, I would Ronnie for you actually at the beginning of your message, just like gave an open invitation, right? Like if anybody wants to be a part of this or you want to know more about it, please like, you know, come and find me. So where could people find you if they're, if they didn't hear you at Holt, I, first of all, I will make sure that the links to all of the message podcasts are in the description. So you can go and listen to those messages. But for someone who might not have heard that in person, where can people find you? Like, where should they go to find more about the church and about the church plant and potentially uh, to find out where they might be able to support you guys and get involved? Yeah, appreciate it, man. Yeah, hey, if you're listening, move to move to Royal Oak. We'd love to have you. <laughs> we, we, uh, we right now we're doing like Sunday night team gatherings just at my house and just building building up a team. And we're we're having there's different kind of new people popping into those every week. So excited about the the team that God's providing so far. But we're we're really wanting people that are excited about this mission and and want to roll up their sleeves. I love at the end uh, when he just says. Hey man, we just, we speak with sincerity in Christ. I mean, I think that's what we're trying to do is we're just trying to, to, in a really relational way, talk to people about Christ in this area and, and see, see God do the work. If you want to support us, hear more about it. So our, we have like a, a simple website set up right now. It's just rootedch.com. So rooted, rootedch.com. And then my emails is Ron Goebel then the number seven at, at gmail.com and you could shoot me an email and would love to love to chat. That's great. We'll make sure there's a link to the website in the description. Also, if you're trying to figure out the Gmail address, I'll also make it super easy. If you Thank send you. us an email at podcast at rivchurch.com and we'll, and you just let us know you want to get connected with them. We'll forward those messages along. So just podcast at rivchurch.com. You can send them to, to Ronnie's personal address as well. But if you're like, wait, what was that? I got to write that down. Just podcast at rivchurch.com. And we'll make sure that those messages get to them. Or you can visit their website that they rootedch.com. And we'll put a link to that as well. Ronnie, Alfonso, Tony, thanks so much for joining me. Thanks to all of you who listened this week. We look forward to talking to you next week. Thanks, Jason. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Jason. Thanks, Jason. Thanks, Jason.